You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thursday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Those Valentine's Day orders are rolling in over there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You can get yours in, too, at 205-752-0211 or just drop by. Swing by, check in with the chocolate lady. Told them, tell her, tell her Southern Fried Sports sent you, and she'll get you squared away. You can get those uh, hand-dipped chocolate strawberries that are always a big favorite. This time of year. Also, as we talked about yesterday, make it extra special. Take that special bottle of Savino in there, and they can actually dip those in chocolate for you. You get a two-for-one. You get the chocolate treat with the wine. Just trying to help you out here, guys and gals. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program. It is homecoming week here on Southern Fried Sports. We have had James Ludeman. This week in the producer's chair. And now we welcome back Chicago Joe Gaither to Southern Fried Sports. And together, we will, in fact, combine to form the 60-bit-a-boo of Sports Talk Radio. Welcome back, Joe. Glad to have you. Always great to be on Southern Fried Sports. And, uh, you know, just trying to mix it up with how many tag team partners you can have in a week. Yeah, it kind of feels like the old NWO, you know, uh, back in the the WCW days or something. You know, we take on Hulk Hogan, maybe Scott Hall, you know, stumbles in, uh, Kevin Nash, the Wolfpack. Hey, we'll take any and and all of our great friends, including Joe Gaither. Glad to have him back in the saddle on this Thursday edition of the program. You, too, are welcome on the show at 205 342 9904, that is the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line. We will get into this Alabama football schedule release, the SEC schedule release from yesterday. Big slate of road games set up for this Alabama football team in 2021. I walked away from that release, though, kind of suffering from more of 
home and home and neutral site envy. Seeing some of these games involving SEC teams, of course, Clemson and Georgia set for Charlotte, North Carolina, Texas A&M, and Colorado and Denver. That would be a fun trip, right? Out to Denver. You've got home and homes like LSU at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Auburn going up to Penn State. Went up there in 2011 to take in Joe Paterno's final loss as a football coach. That's right. That 2011 game up there in not-so-happy Valley, uh, Alabama, with A.J. McCarron, Trent Richardson, and that 2011 defense making pretty easy work of the Nittany Lions. God, a decade ago now. 205-342-9904. We'll also get into this Alabama coaching staff, as we have reported at BamaOnline.com, and I'm sure you've seen elsewhere. Jay Graham. Assistant coach at a number of stops in the Southeast with the SEC prominently among those stops, but Florida State in there as well. Jay Graham, the former Tennessee running back standout from the mid-90s, expected to, if he hasn't already, come on board as a member of this revamped offensive staff for Nick Saban, Robert Gillespie with the running backs, Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator quarterbacks, Doug Marone, the offensive line, and that left that tight end special teams role that Jeff Banks vacated to move on to the University of Texas. Uh, looks like Jay Graham. We'll get into some of that as well. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line, though, right now and check in with Christian down in the Sunshine State. Christian, how are you doing on this Thursday morning? What's going on, What's going on Ty fans and Travis? How y'all doing? Roll Tide. We're good, man. We're a little chilly. We're a little chilly up here, but it's beautiful out. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, look, first off, very happy about that championship win a couple weeks ago. Now, Nick Saban says he's got a 24-hour rule, and I think Tide fans like to apply that, too. We're ready for next season already, and I'm so happy about the uh, schedule that was released and <laughs> – what better way, man? First off, I, I'm not here to really promote or anything, but I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm trying to be a sportscaster. But at the same time, I do display my, my pride for Alabama football and everything. So this is going to be a long off season for Miami fans over there. Um, <laughs> this is going to be fun. This will be the first time these two teams have met since that 92 championship. Now, Miami fans can sit there and say, oh, well, we won one and oh one. Well, the last time you played Bama, you had a chance right then and there. But I, I think that'll be a good way for Alabama to open the season. I know we get Florida in the swamp as well. What worries me, we got to go, oh, oh to Auburn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, look, am I confident we can win the Iron Bowl? Sure. But even without Gus Mazan, that's still a tough place, you know, and who knows what Brian Harson's going to bring us uh, to Auburn this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think the road games, and we appreciate the call, Christian, really appreciate you Thank checking you. in. The road games very much define this 2021 schedule for Alabama. That's easy to see. And, yeah, you talk about the 93 Sugar Bowl that capped that 92 national championship season for Alabama, and kind of interesting two of the first three games on this 2021 schedule, you're going to have the two teams that capped that run 
for Gene Stallings in his national championship season as head coach. You're going to have Florida two weeks later on the road in Gainesville, Miami to kick off the season in Atlanta. And I think for Miami, the big key throughout the offseason is going to be the status of De'Eric King, the quarterback who sustained that knee injury against Oklahoma State in the bowl game, the Cheez-It Bowl. And so uh, we'll see how De'Eric King responds to that. Miami, a top 25 team going into the season. But King's status is very important because you've got a lot of uncertainty in the area of quarterback depth for this Miami team. A couple of departures, Perry, Martell, both leaving the program. So for Miami to have a chance to be competitive in that game, it's going to come down to the health and availability of De'Eric King. And I think with Florida, you know, another common theme of the schedule, and it also is in play right here in Tuscaloosa, is quarterback turnover. Uh, you're going to have it at Florida with Kyle Trask moving on, Emory Jones expected to take over, and with that, probably more of a Dan Mullen offense that you grew accustomed to seeing more so at Mississippi State than you saw with Trask last year and even the previous year uh, or so at Florida. Uh, Emory Jones will be asked to run the football. I think they'll be more run-oriented, um, and we'll see how they go from there. 205-342-9904. Yeah, these road games, man. At Florida, at Texas A&M on October the 9th. Uh, at Mississippi State with the way the Bulldogs finished the season. Wasn't exactly pretty in that all-out tavern brawl with Tulsa in the bowl game to sort of put a lid on that one. But Mike Leach, in his first season, his team showed some progress down the stretch. Uh, and, of course, the Auburn game. And you wonder how much of that was just – how much of that was just uh, Gus Malzahn, this mystique that had developed not only involving Alabama, but we saw it with Georgia down there on the Plains at times as well. Uh, Brian Harson's got a lot to live up to because Gus Malzahn made a lot of money, made a lot of money – off home wins over Alabama with the occasional win also at home sprinkled in against the likes of Georgia and LSU from time to time. 205-342-9904. We'll check in with Chase Goodbread, by the way, at the bottom of the hour, my neighbor and good pal, Chase Goodbread of NFL.com. Each and every year at this time, we check in with Chase because he's in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. And by all accounts, yesterday, right, Mac Jones with a strong showing on Wednesday. You saw the dime, saw the dime, I'm sure, that Mac delivered to Georgia tight end Trey McKitty and team drills yesterday. What about it, Chicago Joe? Would you take Mac Jones as your starting quarterback for the monsters of the midway, the no. Chicago Bears right now? Don't make me the bad guy, Travis. No, no, I would not. Uh-oh. He would not. Joe Gaither says he would not take Mac Jones. So you'd go Mitch Trubisky well, over Tra- Mac right now? Trubis- Mitch over Mac? Trubisky's gone for sure, but I'm just not quite sold on Mac's uh, arm strength in the, sh- in, the, in, the, in the north uh, in the weather. Oh, oh, don't uh, think he can drive it. Yeah. He be able to drive the football in the Nordic conditions up there, huh? We don't have the offensive line that'll protect him like he was uh, protected th- this past year. Not not five bodyguards like he had this year in Alabama. <laughs> uh, 
And he got one of the got three of those bodyguards down there in Mobile. Two of them taking part in practices and the game. Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown. Landon Dickerson down there. And you know, we talk about amazing stats for this Alabama football team in 2020. I think one that is right there near the very top of that list is this one. Landon Dickerson, for all of the highlights and you know all of the documented dominance physically that this guy put on tape in his two seasons at Alabama, think about the fact from an intangibles perspective, Landon Dickerson, a two-year guy, leaves Alabama as a permanent team captain in 2020. That's not easy to do when you come in for just a year or two and you leave as a permanent team captain. That's as impressive as just about anything else we saw individuals accomplish here at Alabama in the last couple of years. You know NFL teams. NFL teams like that very much as well. Going to head to our first break. We come back. More of a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports. 205-342-9904. You're welcome to chime in. we got some other topics we're going to get into as well. Of course, college basketball, a big part of the narrative right now, not just for the Alabama men's team, but the Alabama women tonight with a big Big one on the road up at Kentucky, five and two in the league, Alabama women's basketball, Kentucky at four and three. That's a five thirty central tip off this evening on the SEC network. We did some other football talk as well. When Southern Fried Sports returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama Sports, and it's brought to you by SunSouth John Deere, the preferred tractor equipment for Alabama athletics. Visit sunsouth.com or any of their 21 locations across the southeast. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The 2021 Alabama football schedule was finalized on Wednesday and includes seven games at Bryant-Denny Stadium, plus four Southeastern Conference road matchups and a neutral site pairing with the University of Miami. The Crimson Tide will open the season against Miami on September 4th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. In league play, the Tide will host Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU while traveling to Florida. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Auburn this upcoming season. The Crimson Tide also welcomes three non-conference opponents to Bryant-Denny Stadium, including Mercer, Southern Miss, and New Mexico State. I'll have more in a moment. The Crimson Tide's newest partner is already an Alabama favorite. Kaneka Sausage is now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Made in Evergreen, Alabama, Kaneka's tradition of making the finest hickory smoked sausage hasn't changed in over 70 years. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947, and now the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Join us Thursday afternoon for Crimson Drive, presented by Regions Bank on the CTSN Facebook page. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central, we'll have a conversation with softball coach Patrick Murphy, volleyball coach Lindsey Devine, as well as Alabama Director of Athletics Greg Byrne. That's Crimson Drive, presented by Regions Bank, this afternoon at 2 p.m. Central on the CTSN Facebook page. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Sun South John Deere. Crimson Tide Today is a production of 
the Crimson Tide Sports. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 50. A significant freeze tonight. The sky clear, the low at 27. Tomorrow, sunny and warmer, the high 58. Then for Saturday, clouds move in during the day. Rain arrives Saturday night, the high 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm going, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child. Then you're gonna be named Another enemy Not even a friend of me Cause you'll get fried in the end When you pretend to be competing Cause I just put your mind on pause And I complete Back with more of a Thursday edition Of Southern Fried Sports Right here on Tide 100.9 FM Born on this day In 1968 The same year as yours truly Made his debut on earth That dude Far more talented Rock him Eric B. and Rakim. That's when hip-hop was real. You know, the old uh, clip of back when it was real, or it's still real to me when it comes to pro wrestling. That, mid to late 80s, even the early 80s. There was no, there's been no greater era of hip-hop than the 80s. I don't care what you tried. No ats. No ats, please. I will not be accepting ats on that hot take. That's just the, the bottom line truth. And you also... We talked about this with James Ludeman earlier in the week because Etta James, the great, late great Etta James, you hear you know, her being sampled now on songs or even just kind of ripped off in some ways. Back in the 80s, the guys and gals, they weren't worried about lawsuits for sampling. They were just ripping off beats and riffs and stuff. It was great. It was beautiful. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board on a Thursday morning with us, we'd love to have you do so. Jay Graham, again, as we talked about in the opening segment, looks like he's going to, what we think, round out this offensive staff, this revamped offensive staff for the Alabama Crimson side. Now, there's a piece right now at BamaOnline.com. Hank South does an outstanding job for us along with Tim Watts and covering recruiting. And uh, Tim has been on the money with these assistant coach hirings uh, right there on the roundtable at BamaOnline.com. But, you know, Hank did an overview of kind of what Jay Graham brings to the table as a recruiter. Uh, when you look at his time at Florida State, you know, Cam Akers was committed to Alabama early early in the process from the state of Mississippi and Florida state was able to flip cam acres to the Seminoles. Jay Graham was the primary recruiter for Florida state under Jimbo Fisher at the time. Jay Graham has worked under Jimbo a couple times uh, as an assistant coach and it worked out. Okay. It worked out. Okay. In that 2017 class though, for Alabama, because you know who Alabama ended up with, 
didn't get Cam Akers, but did get Najee Harris and Brian Robinson, a couple of top 10 backs. In fact, Najee Harris in that 2017 cycle, the nation's number one running back prospect, Cam Akers was two, Brian Robinson was eight. But at other places, Graham's done some good work at South Carolina. Uh, he helped recruit Marcus Lattimore. You talk about one of the great what could have been stories. Sad in a lot of ways because Marcus Lattimore was an absolute beast. If you're an Alabama fan, you certainly remember Marcus Lattimore from that 2010 matchup with the Gamecocks over at williams Bryce Stadium. Last time Alabama lost a game to an SEC Eastern Division <laughs> opponent was that game. 2010 South Carolina, Marcus Lattimore, big part, Alshon Jeffrey, Stephen Garcia lost his mind, played uh, played at a Heisman-like level, and that went over Alabama. So Graham has a, a documented track record, even more so than Rob Gillespie, of five-star success on the recruiting trail. And, of course, Graham, like Gillespie, a former SEC running back in his own right, if you're an Alabama fan, you kind of feel like Jay Graham owes you. He owes you a couple of five-star commitments after the emotional distress he inflicted upon the Alabama fan base in a couple of games there in the mid-90s. 1995 at Legion Field, Jay Graham goes 76 yards, 75 yards against the Crimson Tide. That ended up being a a Vols runaway at the old gray lady back in October of 1995. And then the very next year in a very close game up in Knoxville, he goes 79 against Alabama on a run play. So a couple of memorable sort of infamous Jay Graham touchdowns on the third Saturday of October. I think those were both third Saturdays. Maybe one was a fourth Saturday. But Jay Graham uh, looking to to add some juice to this Alabama recruiting effort. And if it is sort of what we're thinking it's going to be, some big shoes to fill for these new assistants on the recruiting front, specifically for Rob Gillespie at the running backs position with Charles Huff moving on. And, of course, the success that Jeff Banks had had here recently with an emphasis on the state of Texas uh, that could be what Jay Graham's walking into at Alabama. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Yesterday, we talked about the hiring of Josh Heupel at the University of Tennessee. Here is, here is my viewpoint of this Josh Heupel hiring. Josh Heupel is the David Cutcliffe hire at head coach that Tennessee never made. Remember how it seemed like, except for really the last time or two around, every time that revolving door known as the Tennessee head football coach post would come around, whose name would you always hear associated with? David Cutcliffe, former Phil Fulmer assistant, very much a mentor, confidant to the Mannings, working with Peyton up there at Tennessee during his time with the Vols. It always seemed like David Cutcliffe's name was right there at the top of that list. Haven't really heard it as much the last time or two. Now, Duke has really struggled of late. Really bad, really bad football team in 2020. But Josh Heupel, even when you look at Josh Heupel, 
He kind of looks like David Cutcliffe a little bit, doesn't he? He kind of looks like a Cutcliffe. So that's that's the way I'm going to frame this hire for now. This is the David Cutcliffe hire at Tennessee that never happened because Heupel, considered to be a quarterback whisperer, very good college quarterback, uh, has documented success with that position and with offense in general. So here you go. There's your David Cutcliffe hire that Tennessee fans thought was going to happen probably eight or ten years ago. I think it's going to happen, or it has happened here in 2021. And speaking of 2020 and 2021 moves, how about Jeremy Pruitt? Reports yesterday initially that, I guess Bruce Feldman, uh, the athletic initially had the report that Jeremy was headed to the Jets. Well, it looks like maybe Bruce just had the team wrong. Had the town right. Just had the team wrong. And when you think about the two teams and the connections to Jeremy Pruitt, the Giants obviously make the most sense because of his previous relationship with head coach Joe Judge. You've got Burton Burns up there, longtime Alabama running backs coach under Nick Saban. Uh, So sensible, the connections, when you think about perhaps Jeremy Pruitt and the New York Giants. Uh, Speaking of the Giants, Hall of Fame defensive end. Do you see this? Michael Strahan now has tested positive for COVID-19. So, uh, boy, the, 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 the people impacted by this virus continues to roll up. And defensive ends, defensive linemen keeping that theme going. Auburn has made a hire. Tracy Rocker, an alum, as we had talked about before, Briefly stepped in as the new defensive line coach down on the Plains. He made the jump from there to the National Football League with the Philadelphia Eagles. And so Brian Harson, new head coach at Auburn, of course, has resorted to the NFL to hire Rockers replacement. Nick Eason, former Clemson standout on the college level, also played in the National Football League most recently of the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff. So Rocker makes the move up to the National Football League, and Nick Eason will come down from the National Football League to coach Auburn's defensive line. Still got some questions out there, I guess, from a roster perspective on exactly what Big Cat Bryant's going to do. Big Cat Bryant was was headed to Tennessee, remember? Went into the transfer portal, was going to go to Tennessee, reunite with his old high school coach, I think it was, on that staff at Tennessee. And then that coach was part of the casualties of the internal investigation that was conducted by the UT administration. And Big Cat deleted his tweet claiming, announcing, that he was making the move to Knoxville. So we'll see how that plays out. We do know Daquan Newkirk, one of Auburn's top defensive linemen, has taken the grad transfer route to the University of Florida. And speaking of Florida, some coaching news there is Brian Johnson, Dan Mullen's offensive coordinator, has now made the jump to the NFL himself as uh, the quarterback's coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So you've got Tracy Rocker going from Auburn to the Eagles. And Brian Johnson does some great work with the quarterback position, did a really good job with Kyle Trask. Now, Dan Mullen is an offensive guy in his own right. So this isn't a case where a defensive-oriented head coach is losing 
his key assistant on the offensive side of the ball. Brian Johnson's very important, but Mullen's background is very much at those spots. And Dan certainly has an ego and a belief in himself that he can pick up the slack if needed. But uh, Brian Johnson, one of those young coaches, just 33 years old, ascending through the coaching ranks quite rapidly. So you got some movement on the coaching front. And again, when you look at this Alabama schedule that was released yesterday, you know, all the quarterback situations that are going to be on the schedule, De'Eric King with the injury, Florida making a transition, Ole Miss will bring back Matt Corral. How will Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy use the other quarterback on that roster? John Rice Plumley. You got turnover at A&M at the quarterback position. Kellen Mond to perhaps Haynes King. Uh, Tennessee, is it going to be Harrison Bailey? Is that the guy that Josh Heupel is going to uh, anoint as his first starting quarterback? Kind of looked that way with the previous staff down the stretch of the 2020 season. Get into LSU. We are huge Max Johnson fans on this program, as you know. Is it going to be Max Johnson? I would think so. If you quarterback that LSU team, what was left of that LSU team at the end of the 2020 season to wins over Florida and Ole Miss, that tells me you're the guy going into your second season. What does that mean for TJ Finley? I don't know. We'll find out. Arkansas going from Felipe Franks to what we think will be, who we think will be, K.J. Jefferson. What can Mike Bobo get out of Bo Nix? Can he help Bo Nix get to another level with Brian Harson taking over as the head coach there? A lot of questions on the quarterback front in the SEC and Alabama going through quarterback change of its own, not only in terms of who will take the snaps, but the quarterback coach, play caller, yeah, a lot of that around the Southeastern Conference looking ahead to the 2021 season. Back with Chase Goodbread on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Calm. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're going to head down to Mobile, Alabama right now. Checking in with my good pal, my neighbor, my co-host on the podcast. We've done for quite a few years now. Talking Tide with Chase Goodbread. Chase, uh, what's it like down there in Mobile? It's perfect up here today. Uh, pretty chilly down here. Probably, uh, I don't know. I'm not the greatest guesser of such things, but I probably, I probably guess it's probably sitting about 45 right now, which is fine. It'll warm up a little bit toward the end of the first practice, but then toward the end of the second practice, when it hits about four o'clock, uh, it could be pretty frigid. You know, it might be a good day for Mac Jones to dispel the narrative of our producer emeritus, Joe Gaither, who on this very program a few moments ago, Chase, wondered about the viability of Mac Jones with a, say, NFC North team like the Chicago Bears 
because of conditions and weather and cold and does he have the physical attributes chase to get the job done when the calendar shifts to say December and you got to go to Green Bay and you, is he questioning the hand Chicago. size too? Is he question? Is he questioning that hand size that came you know, in on Mac? I thought Chicago Joe Gaither would be buying Mac Jones in spades after what he had with Mitch Trubisky, but he shot that down, Chase. So maybe, maybe little old Mac Jones, to borrow a phrase from Dabo Sweeney, maybe little old Mac Jones can can show something in these blustery conditions down there today, Chase. Well, he's the best quarterback here so far. Uh, he's he's looked good hadn't looked great but he's looked good I, I, don't, I certainly don't think he's hurt himself a bit uh and may have helped himself uh the other quarterbacks in my opinion not standing out at all um so uh overall the quarterback position probably if you're talking one through six um probably a little disappointing to a couple of the scouts i've talked to and i've kind of kind of seen the same thing with my eyeballs and uh, uh but but you may see a lot of production from him on Saturday, I think. And one reason is you've got a phenomenal group of receivers and you've got an off, a bunch of offensive linemen who seem to be really holding up and pass protection drills against the defensive linemen. So even though the quarterbacks don't look great, I think we're going to see a lot of receivers running pretty wide open and we're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of time in the pocket for these guys. Plus, it's not live on the quarterbacks anyway. So they'll have time before the tag instead of time before the hit. Um, so something to watch for. You talk about rust and going from the end of a season to senior bowl week. That's got to be another level for a guy like Jamie Newman, doesn't it? He's got to be yeah. one of the more intriguing cases down there, doesn't he? 13 months uh, it'll be since he last played his football uh, for Wake Forest. It's a 13-month layoff from one game to the next for Jamie Newman. Uh, I had a chance to talk to him a couple nights ago. He's done a lot to stay in shape in the fall. We got into that uh, just a little bit. You know, he had his quarterback coach is Quincy Avery, who's worked with a lot of guys, a lot of pros, and uh, they were throwing five days a week from October all the way through to this week, pretty much. Um, Plus, uh, kind of a combine style training regimen on either side of that on a daily basis. So uh, for a guy that hadn't played in 13 months, he, he definitely looks good. I, I'm not sure he, um, not sure he's seeing everything as well as he'd like to, but, but uh, uh, the, the throws look nice. For a guy who so many project as a top five pick uh, for the upcoming draft in, in Devontae Smith, does there seem to be some division in terms of how clubs view him with an emphasis on the size? And we know he didn't, I guess, get weighed or measured earlier in the week. Is is there a great divide between teams on Devontae Smith? Or do you think it's more about value and where they envision him or place him maybe in that first round? It, it's about placement. There's there's no divide. I, I I haven't talked to a single guy from from, from any club who's, who's been down on the guy. And, of course, uh, being as slight as he is, 175 pounds is, of course, what Alabama lists him on on their roster. I imagine he might be a little leaner than that or at least has been at times. So, yeah, it's a question mark um, for for sure. I mean, look at, the, look at the way wide receivers have grown at the pro level on, on average, you know. Um, 
you know, Des Bryant used to be a, a, a huge receiver in the NFL. Now Des Bryant's size is regular, you know. So, um, of course, there's there's everybody gets nitpicked. Trevor Lawrence is going to get nitpicked. Doesn't matter who you are, or how good you are. Uh, they're going to try to they're going to try to poke some holes here and there. But there's at the same time, there's still, as far as I know, pretty pretty strong consensus across the league that this. Uh, a big-time talent that will go super fast in this draft. Top 10. Who's had the better week of the two Alabama offensive linemen that have been able to participate in drills? Has it been Deontay Brown? Has it been Alex Leatherwood? Have they been kind of similar? Obviously different positions and different value, I guess, based on those positions. Yeah. I'd, both of those guys, in my opinion, have been decent but not great, kind of up and down. Uh, Leatherwood had a little trouble with Quincy Roche from Miami yesterday. He's probably the best pass rusher here, or at least has performed like it here. So, um, you know, I, and Brown, Brown's weighed in at 364. So, uh, and he looked at, and, and he's, he, he, he looks a little sloppy out there, a little disheveled, you know, as, you know, the t-shirt will hang out on him and, uh, you know, he's kind of an old, kind of an old school pop Warner look almost, but on a 364 pound guy. Uh, and in terms of being power and being able to move people, yeah, he, he's everything these clubs are going to want. Uh, he's showing that. I think when he gets his hands on you in the run game, it's over. Uh, so, you know, that's something, uh, in terms of pass protection, he's he's been a little up and down. Um, you know, lateral quickness is, is what's going to get him in terms of pass rush. And a lot of these defensive linemen are not only big and strong, but athletic enough to kind of get on the, you know, get on your shoulder as a pass protector and, uh, you know, find a find an edge weakness. But, um, you know, a lot of eyeballs on those two. Seems like the consensus is that Najee Harris going into this week and perhaps into the process, the draft process in general, the the top back uh, for the upcoming selection process. I, 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 it sounds like coming out of there, coming out of Mobile this week, it's it's been the intangibles maybe that have stood out with Najee even more so than the the than the, the obvious physical attributes that he brings to the table. Yeah, and my understanding was that Najee Harris uh, was just not right physically uh, for this week and, and, and might not participate at all, um, foot or ankle issue of some sort. Uh, but to the contrary, he's he's coming. And I, and I put eyes on him first practice Tuesday morning. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, his ankle was you – know, his left ankle was taped up for sure but his mobility on it looked excellent. He didn't look like he was bothered by it at all. And, uh, you know, really throughout this week, I think he's he's been able to do more than certainly I was expecting. I don't think he's going to play in the game on Saturday, but he's helped himself. So of this Alabama contingent, Chase, maybe guys that went into the week with first-round grades that will come out of the week with first-round grades and – Maybe a guy who's helped himself the most from the Alabama perspective. Say again, I missed the last part. Alabama guy that maybe has helped himself the most so far this week down there, in your opinion. And, you know, of that contingent, what are we looking at in terms of potential first-rounders, in your opinion? Right, right. Um, 
Probably Najee. And, and Najee was already looking like a first-round guy coming in, so it's not like he could help himself a ton. Um, but, you know, even even in a situation where he's maybe not participating in the team drills down here and, 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 and won't go in the game, uh, he's – He's been impressive enough in practice, I think, that that, that these clubs are going to walk away uh, knowing they saw a, a special player. So uh, probably have to go with Najee there. Obviously, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson down here, they can't they you know they can't participate either. They're just pretty much interviewing. Um, we talked about um, you know the two offensive linemen. You know they've they've uh, they've been okay, uh, but not great. So uh, that's kind of where it sits for those guys across the board. How different, Chase? How many Senior Bowl weeks is this for you, by the way? It's number fourteen, and uh, the first Senior Bowl interview I've ever done, certainly with a mask on, or, or any interview of any kind with a mask on down here. Hopefully, you can you, uh, you can hear me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what is the access? How has that changed in comparison to the previous thirteen? Yeah, it's completely different. They canceled Media Day. So that was a big that was the biggest blow of all for sure from a from a coverage standpoint. Uh they had to do it, you know, no complaint, but it it definitely definitely shook the shook the reporters up. You know, they, those guys normally you know, media day is pretty much a two hour, you know, yuck it up with whatever player you want, you know, so the reporters just eat that up and a lot of times they'll get material for the whole week, you know, uh at media day, which is at the start of the week, but you know the post, and, and it's a normally a free for all after practice. You know, reporters just walk up to players and, hey, you know, what do you think of this or that? Ask whatever question you want. You can catch seven or eight interviews if you're quick about it after a practice. Uh, but they're not doing that this year either. So uh, it's clamped down. You know, it's clamped down pretty tight. And the boys can't roll into Veets there in downtown Mobile, Chase. <laughs> they can't get into Veets this week. Never seen it so empty. Travis ever. <laughs> you know, you, you, usually you can you can barely move an elbow in that place. Uh, yeah. week, boys but, are uh, thirsty. The boys are thirsty this week down there. You know, real thirsty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they're scattering to the outskirts. You know, so it's maybe so it's not scurrying. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, good, Brad. We'll let you get back to it, man. Always appreciate you taking the time. Great stuff, and always great stuff there at NFL.com as well. Thanks, Chase. Sure, man. You can hear it. It's blustery down there in the port city of Mobile this morning. Our annual visit with Chase Goodbread of NFL.com. Also see Chase, John Copeland, the mayor, Mike Parker, on Crimson Cover Television on Friday nights at 6.30 on WVUA 23. And, of course, Talking Tide with Chase and myself, the longtime podcast we have generated as well. Going to step aside for a final break. We come back. A final seg of... A Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high today, 50. A significant freeze tonight. The sky clear, the low at 27. Tomorrow, sunny and warmer, the high 58. Then for Saturday, clouds move in during the day. Rain arrives Saturday night, the high 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Rock him a thing. Rock him a thing. 
Follow me into our solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Music makes mellow, maintains and make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays that engrave deep as X-rays. I can take a phrase that's rarely heard, flip it, now it's a daily word. I can get iller than armor, kill and bomb, but no alarm. Rock Kimmel, remain calm. Self-esteem make me super superb and supreme before a microphone. Still I fiend. This was a tape. I wasn't supposed to break. I was supposed to wait, but let's motivate. I want to see you keep following the swallow. Back with more of a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports Radio on Side 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show is always brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. You know what last night was around Casa de Ryer, by the way? It was beer can chicken night, man. Love to do the beer can chickens. They're so easy, and you look like such a pro, such a hero. You know, all you do is you set that smoker at about 275 or 300, and you do the setup with the beer and the chicken and the canister and all that stuff. You just put it on there for a couple hours and it comes off in those wings on the side. You just literally pull them off, you know, and the chicken wings themselves are worth doing the beer can chicken. They're so good. And the Pomeranian food, the Pomeranian, he is especially thankful for beer can chicken. night. I give him those wing tips. I've told you before on those chicken wings, when you make them at the house, you take those wing tips off those wings and they're just cartilage. You can feed them to the pups. And man, he gets fired up. He gets fired up about those wing tips. You know what we didn't do with Chase Goodbread, by the way? We didn't get a Thomas Fletcher update. And look, we are very much all in with the specialists on this program. We'll talk kickers, punters, snappers, you name it, for a full hour. I'll do a I'll do a whole show at some point. You'll know the end is nigh when I do a whole show, when I do a solid hour, Joe Gaither, on kickers, punters, and snappers. I'm going to do that one day. Just a solid hour. on. Kickers, is that going to be the retirement segment? Snappers. That'll probably, yeah, that'll be near the end. That'll probably be near the end. But uh, Thomas Fletcher, outstanding during his time. Four-year starter at Alabama. Threw a perfect career, best I can recall. I don't recall a bad Thomas, not a snap. They weren't all perfect, but not a snap that led to sort of a catastrophic result on a punt or, or a field goal. Now, when he came into Alabama, he kind of split the snapping duties. He wasn't handling all of it. By that second year, I think he was. And, again, I can't recall a, a just a horrible snap from Thomas Fletcher. You know I'm pulling for? You want to get deep into some Alabama football talk? Go find another show today that will talk to you about the perhaps heir apparent to Thomas Fletcher as the long snapper at Alabama. Go find another show that will do that for you. Well, I'm going to give you Gabe Pugh, one of our homeboys. I'm pulling for Gabe Pugh. You want to know why? He's from Northridge High School right here in Tuscaloosa. Gabe Pugh. Hope he can uh, – he's at Alabama. He was a backup this year. And hopefully he's in line, perhaps, to replace Thomas Fletcher. Gabe Pugh snapped at Northridge High School when the daughter kicked for the Jags a few years back. Really talented guy in Gabe Pugh. Now, the thing about snapping, and I'm already, this is kind of a, this is kind of a prequel, kind of a 
preview of that all specialist hour I'm going to do at some point. The thing about these snappers is that, especially when you look into the National Football League, the special teams coordinators are different in terms of what they're looking for size-wise in these snappers. And Joe Gaither and I, we were talking about this during the break, and I agree, Joe. If you're like 6'1", 200 pounds, 6'2", and you want to go play college football, and let's say maybe you're a high school linebacker, an H-back, you know, a linebacker, I said that already, a safety, something like that, you need to be long snapping. That's what you should be doing. Uh, the thing with the pros is that some of these special teams coordinators, like Carson Tinker, when he was in Jacksonville, the former Alabama long snapper, well, at the start of his career down there, he was with the same special teams coach. They had a coaching change, new special teams coordinator comes in. He wants a bigger guy as his long snapper. They, they actually do this. I mean, they actually have preference. And there's actually different sizes to these guys. And it obviously affects how you're able to cover punts, things like that. But uh, I think that's what Fletcher, the question with him as much as anything else, he's going to run great. He's going to show coverage skills um, because he's he's not the biggest snapper in the world. But some of these coordinators, they want their snappers a little bit bigger. How about that? Two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier. Studio line, uh, as we wind down a Thursday edition of the program, we talked about this in the last couple of days, just a huge Saturday of college basketball involving the SEC and Big 12 with that challenge between the conferences. As you know, Alabama and Oklahoma, it's going to be a brunch with Bama affair, 11 a.m. on ESPN2 on Saturday. Uh, You're also going to have Florida at West Virginia. Uh, 1 p.m. tip-off on ESPN. Auburn at Baylor. The Sharif Cooper Show continues. This time against a top-three team in the country in the Baylor Bears. That's going to be a 3 p.m. tip central on ESPN. And then your cappers to the night. Kansas at Tennessee, 5 o'clock ESPN, followed by Texas at Kentucky from Rupp Arena, 7 o'clock central on ESPN. Will Texas have... Some of those missing players from its loss to OU a couple of nights ago, including not just players, but head coach Shaka Smart also uh, impacted by the COVID situation right now uh, that we're experiencing globally. That's going to do it for a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports. You know what we like to talk about on Thursdays? We like to talk about heat pizza bar we like to talk about heat pizza bar every day of the week but on a thursday it is ladies night and the feelings right at heat pizza bar get by there and check out the great specials each and every weeknight great pizza that goes without saying whether it's the thai chicken pizza that yours truly loves so much or you can keep it simple the cheese the pepperoni they've got bottles of wine they've got a full bar they'll take great care of you there Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Thanks again to Joe Gaither. Joe Gaither, producer emeritus, checking in with us on a Thursday edition of the program. Chase Goodbread updating us from Mobile and Senior Bowl practices. We appreciate Chase's input as well. Until 11 a.m. on Friday. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. 
Said digger, I never dug him. He couldn't follow the leader long enough, so I drug him. It's- <laughs> 